Hello, podcast land. Hello, everyone. And welcome to another episode of Navigating Life with Coach Lowe. I am so glad to have you all here. Today, I'm excited, as I always am, because I always tell y'all that I have the best guests ever. And so today, I have a phenomenal friend of mine with us. Uh, her name is April Packer. She is just uh, an amazing person, a great leader, a great speaker, and my friend. And so, <laughs> so you know shethebomb.com. So I, um, I just wanted to um, give April a second to introduce herself to you guys and uh, just a little bit about who she is. April? Well, first, thank you, Lolita, for inviting me and asking me to come on and to hang out with Coach Lo. I feel so honored, you know, to be a part of it and uh, to just share with you all today. But I am just a little girl from Mississippi, now living in Dallas, Texas. I have been in the education field for a long time, uh, about 20 something years, 28, I think now. And uh, I teach on college level now. I'm an adjunct at a couple of the uh, two-year colleges here in the city. Uh, I teach communication, speech communication, which is um, uh, a favorite. I used to be an English teacher, but speech is actually my favorite subject to teach. It's, I have a lot of fun with that. And uh, you know, I participate in my local church and uh, a leader in there. And it's always a great, uh, you know, moment and time to connect and to help people and to really uh, help them find their way, you know, in this thing we call life uh, and be, you know, a part of that as I feel that God is doing in their lives. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, April. So we are going to get down to the nitty gritty, y'all, because <laughs> guess what? April just wrote a book it's called Derailing Disappointment. I love the title, but when I, when I, the more I said it, the more I wanted to ask her, okay, so what made you call it Derailing Disappointment? What, what, what were you, what were you thinking when you gave it its title? Well, Actually, when I gave it its title, the title came from actually one of the chapters that's in the book. So the book is really a culmination of events and things that have happened in my life that hasn't been the best of events and things that have happened in my life. But what I did notice as I was going through and I was writing out all of these events, I noticed that it may have started off one way and it wasn't you know, really favorable a lot of times in that space, but at the end of it, there seemed to be a level of triumph. Uh, I came out on the other uh, side, a better person. I had learned some valuable lessons and I felt like that it positioned me for moving on just a little further down the road in this journey we call life. And Although it could be perceived at, as disappointing things going on, and they were when they were happening, at the end of it, there was a level of triumph. And that's how you derail uh, the disappointment, because it's all about how 
you're going to actually receive it and perceive it at the end of it. And at the end of it, I felt like I was a better person. My hope was that I was better. I felt like I had learned some lessons. In fact, I even talk about that in the book about, you know, what is it that you want me to learn now? Because anyone that is sane, <laughs> we do not want to completely repeat the same things over and over and over again. I think Albert Einstein tells us that that is the definition of insanity. If we do that and we expect a different result, so my thing is, is when I'm going through this, how do I not come back here? Just tell me how to <laughs> not come back here. <laughs> so I was intent on learning the lesson, derailing that moment so that I didn't have to get back on that track. Got yeah. it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So that's really good. So um, I just, I mean, it, everyone in life, if we are alive, we yeah. have experienced some level of disappointment. Yeah. Even little children, they want to do a certain thing. Yep. And if they are uh, hindered from mm -hmm. accomplishing their goal mm -hmm. and they have their sight set, they want to get to it. And yeah. so we are like that as well. Even as adult people, we, we, um, life presents some things to us and then we have to decide yep. okay well what is this all about so when I was reading the book I was like okay who who did you have in mind when you said I'm going to write this book and these are the things that I'm going to share and I'm going to call it derailing disappointment who were you writing to? Who did you see your audience being? Well, when I was writing it, I and knowing that it was going to be in book form, I really wanted to just encourage despondent people. Because honestly, as I was going through all of those things that I'm writing around, about, I, those were very despondent times. Some of them I could take with a little lighter grain of salt on it, but some of them I just wanted to ball up and I not and just say, when I wake up, is this going to be over? <laughs> and of course, obviously it was not. I still had to walk through it. Um, and so I kept thinking about, um, I am just a sucker for, you know, real life stories of people because I can connect to more than probably what people think that I can connect to. And when I would hear things about people going through like terrible situations and they overcome those situations and then they go on to become something that doesn't even reflect what they've been through. Yeah. And I said, you know, Obviously, I'm not the only person that things are happening to that I'm not favorable with. So I really want to just write something and put something out there that's, first of all, that is honest and true. It is coming from my own personal experience. I didn't have to make up one thing. <laughs> I lived through it all. <laughs> and I'm still alive to tell about it. Um, but I also wanted people to read it and be encouraged where they are. One of the things as a leader in my local church, I get to hear a lot of people's stories. And when I hear a lot of people life stories, I 
I realize that people need to be encouraged. They need to know that they're not alone, that they're not the only person that this is happening to or that this has ever happened to. And they also need to know that you can make it out to the other side. Um, your, your attitude will have a lot to do with that because as far as how long you stay in the space of where you are. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I was working on for myself is that let me not have a bad attitude. I don't like this. I don't really care for this space, but let me do a self-check. Let me check myself to make sure that I'm okay. And I, I've actually done that. I don't think I tell that one of those because you don't get all the stories. I mean, this is this is you got as much as I could handle and deal with in one book. But I remember even just a couple of years ago, um, maybe right before, you know, we hit this in, in environment of the coronavirus, um, I was going through something and I'd ask a friend, I was telling her and, and telling her how I felt about what I was going through because it felt like a cycle. And I said, but I want to know about my attitude. I said, how's my attitude? How am I doing? Am I connecting with you as well as I always connect with you? Uh, do I seem to be, you know, a little snappy? Uh, you know, I was just asking her, I asked for like three or four questions and she sent me a text later and she said, let me just say, I know you're going through it, but how about I just learned the most valuable lesson <laughs> because you were concerned about your attitude and there are needs that you have that need to be taken care of like right now, like yesterday, like three hours ago. And you skipped over all of that because you wanted to know how's my attitude because honestly, it does have a severe impact on how we move through and how we um, recover and we're not going to go back into that same thing again because when our attitude is right I think that we walk away learning a deeper lesson rather than just being all you know gruff about it uh, which means we've missed something and then generally we're going to have to go back and pick up some things yeah Right. So that that is awesome. I just love it because like we talked about before, every person. So, I mean, this book, men can learn from these yeah. stories. Women can learn from these stories and young people alike yeah. can yeah. learn from these stories. And yeah. so I I just I, I wanted to because you mentioned something as you were talking, okay. you were just talking about how these are your real life stories, your real life experiences. And I was just like, she was really, really vulnerable and mm -hmm. open and um, just very candid about where you were. And when I think about leaders sometimes, yeah. Um, you are a leader in just about every facet of your life. And uh, these, this is not because you like, hey, I'm going to be a leader. This is because you are chosen. Mm -hmm. And this is like you said, I, how is my attitude? Because I don't want to be messing with other people's stuff. Right. You know, mm -hmm. I really want people to, I don't want what I'm going through 
to affect someone else yeah. in a way that might cause them disappointment. So yeah. let me be a blessing to myself and entrust this with someone that I know to say, hey, how, how am I coming across? I yeah. know that I have my own stuff. It's not a lot of people that do that, April. And yeah. so I just want to say thank you for sharing that because I think that it is important for us to do those self-checks and those um, intro, take an introspective look. You know, yeah, I'm in this phase, but how am I, what messaging am I sending yeah. to people that I encounter, right? Yeah. And that's just really important. So I'm just going to go back just a little bit. So I wanted to ask you about, as you were writing, did you ever feel like, oh my God, when such and such read this, they gonna be like, oh, I never knew that. Oh my God, I can't believe she shared that. <laughs> you know? So, so well, like when you, I mean, because like I said, the stories are candid. Mm -hmm. um, they are full of life. They are very colorful. There mm -hmm. um, were a couple of times that I felt the emotion come yeah. across. Yeah. And um, like I was, I was there in some of the stories, like riding with you in the car. I'm like, wow, I can only imagine that must have been the hardest ride ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we'll talk about what that ride was about in just a little minute, but y'all gotta wait, be patient. <laughs> so, I love it. I love it. So, um, so tell, tell us and share with us a little bit about the vulnerability journey. Yeah, that was probably the hardest part. That's why I couldn't, although I've had these stories in me, it's my life. I just, why well, I just couldn't sit down and just write it in three hours and say, okay, here's a book. <laughs> it, it just doesn't work like that when you're being so vulnerable and as you know me and those who know me well, I honestly have to be led by the spirit of God <laughs> on what to share, what not to share at this moment, you know, because I don't know what the next book would look like. I'm sure there's going to be a next book, but I don't know what it would look like and what I'm going to be led to do on that. But this one was all about introducing me to my audience, because every author will have their audience. I realize it's not a book for everyone. I mean, there may be people out there and God bless that you never have a problem. Life is grand and all is well. So if that's your life, you probably won't even be able to. God <laughs> bless those people. I don't know if that exists in this day and age. You know, in their minds, it probably does. So, you know, uh, but, it, you know, and I just know that I have a particular audience that will tap into uh, what I have to say and the things that I want to put across. So, you know, I mentioned um, to someone uh, just actually a couple of days ago when I was um, being interviewed and I was saying they asked the same similar question. And I said, well, this is the thing is that I would write on something. And if it was one of those vulnerable places. Because uh, there's a couple of chapters in here, about three of them for sure, that I did not want to put in because I couldn't get through them without honestly being back 
in that moment and feeling every emotion and every weight of what was going on in the situation. And so I would write a little bit, I'd cry a little bit, I'd shut the computer down, I'd go distract myself. A lot of times I'd just go work out because that's like the safest, healthiest way I can release a lot of uh, negative type energy. Mm -hmm. And I would just go and work out uh, music. Of course, I'm very musical. So I would listen to music until my soul had been soothed. <laughs> and, you know, I may come back to it tomorrow, but I may come back to it in two weeks. I may come back to it in a couple of months. The vulnerability is really, really, really hard. And God kept assuring me that he said, but I know who will be reading it. I know who is going to be blessed by this. I know who is going to have their soul nurtured by this because you belong to me. I know you. So if you would just trust me. And so I, so I just did that. I just trusted him. Uh, and I say it like it was so easy. Like I was like, okay, God. <laughs> it wasn't like, okay, God. <laughs> it was really a deep inner struggle. It came with much prayer. It came with uh, times of, uh, you know, fasting that I would go through and then I would be moved and then I could sit and then I could do a little bit more, uh, especially when I was out of my fleshly realm and not, you know, fighting. So though it was hard, the, the, the vulnerability part was probably the hardest part on this because all the stories are about me. And you even mentioned earlier, you know, when I look at you, you know, I, it's like hard for me to see this or, or hard for me to see that. And it's like, but this is, this is the, the, this is it. This is the real life, the real me, real issues, real problems. And I think that what people will probably learn is that I've honestly got a pretty good handle. It depends on what day of the week it is <laughs> on trusting God with some of these tender places. Because uh, I, I, I've just trusted him that it would all be okay. Yeah. And that was still, it's easier for me to say that now than it was to walk it out and to do the trusting because I would get up some days and go, God, I just, I don't understand. I, I, I don't get it. I, you know, how am I ever supposed to be, you know, and especially when you know in part things spoken of your life, things that you've been shown about your life. And when you know those things in part, the things in this book, that, that wasn't lining up with that. Right. It, it could be almost confusing, but when you know how God operates, it's always upside down. It's never right side up in pretty pictures. It's always <laughs> upside down. And because it's upside down, I had to keep telling myself, okay, if his kingdom is not like this kingdom I live in. So let me keep that in mind. But it's like, I had to remind myself of that like so much because I kept wanting it to be like this. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that, that was one of the, the hardest things. And yes, there were arguments with, you know, he's our father, he's our heavenly father. So you, you contend with him, like you contend with a parent, you know, 
And sometimes, you know, you're the five-year-old. Sometimes you're the, the 12 and 13-year-old, which really you're bullheaded at that point. Right. And then sometimes you're the maturing adult, you know. So it, it, it just depends. I, I, I encountered all of that. Some of it I went in kicking and screaming like a five-year-old. <laughs> Yeah, so that's what that's why I really wanted to I really wanted you to talk through that vulnerability piece because yeah. I I've read almost half the book, more than a little more than half the book yeah. now. And um so many of the stories, I mean, you were talking about how I think that anyone can read that book and find themselves somewhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Because it was just so much that you spoke to, but there was, um, I talk, I, I promised y'all if you be patient that we would arrive here. So <laughs> there, um, there was a time, um, and a space where you had one of the most challenging times of your life thus far in the loss of your mother. Mm -hmm. And you were a college student at the time. And when she was just talking about having to put the, the book down or shut the computer and stop writing for months because of the emotional pull that was on her during this writing time, that was one of the chapters that was very, very difficult for her to write. What made you push through? I think it was the fact that when this happened to me, uh, it was the most interesting thing that I had uh, a friend that it had happened to about two years prior, two to three years prior to me. And we weren't friends, friends at the time, but we had the same circles. So I knew of her. And then when it happened, uh, she lost a father. It was like, oh my gosh. And at this time I knew my mom was sick mm -hmm. and I knew my mom was sick. And that was pretty much the end because it was a terminal illness that she had. Mm -hmm. And we knew that that was coming. We just didn't know when yeah. it was coming. So it had happened to a friend a couple of years before. Then um, it happened to me and then it happened to another friend two or three years. after. So I, I kind of was in a circle where many of us had experienced that. And I was thinking, you know, it's not, I don't take that as strange. Mm -hmm. I take that as what is, what is God saying with that? Right. What does he want me to do with that? Because it's, it's, it is probably quite eclectic to be in a group where, I think by uh, during that we were all in college and we it was three or four of us that lost a parent and we were part of the same circle. Right. That is unusual. Right. Um, but I didn't think it strange, like, you know, uh, in a bad kind of way. But I, I just when the Lord was dealing with me about writing about that experience, I just took a deep breath when it came to me and I said, oh, my because I wasn't really sure if I was ready to just really be that personal. I mean, I could tell you, you know, okay, so we found out this and she lived with this terminal illness for so many years and then she passed away. And I kind of allude to it in a beginning chapter, but then I get to a chapter where I lay it out line by line. 
Yeah. Because that is the real picture of our lives. In that first chapter that I mentioned it briefly, it's a brush over and people go, oh, well, I'm sorry about your loss. It's one of those places where you could easily say that. But right. then to the chapter where you, where the rubber hits the road and right. you go, oh, right. all of that went on. Right. <laughs> and it, it just takes on its own life. It takes on its own dimensions. And I think that, you know, it, it helped people to really, especially those who have never experienced anything like that. My hope for them is that the empathy is developed in that space, um, you know, because it's hard for us to know how anyone will feel, even when we have similar experiences, but the empathy of, you know, let me pray for you, honestly, like how I would pray for myself, right. because nothing that people could tell me Nothing that people offered, none of that stuff. I'm just telling you that that there's no comfort there. Yeah. There's comfort because there's no turnaround in there. And I just, you know, I just had to walk it out and I had to deal with everything that was about it. Nothing went down the way that I would have hoped that it went down. I, you know, I mentioned in there that I didn't even get to say my last goodbyes and just how it all happened. I knew that morning I needed to get back. And how is it that I cannot find a way to get back to her until it is literally too late, you yeah. know? So it's, it's just those whole dynamics of everything that took place. I really wanted to give people a picture of, you know, you, when you get the phone call to hear things like that, you've missed a whole picture of what people go through. Yeah. You phone call, you got the bad news that your friend's mom died. That's all you know. <laughs> right. I write the story, you get it level upon level upon level and how it affects, it, 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 the, the, how it affects everyone in the circle around, everyone. And I, it's, uh, it was really tough. It was really tough to write that, that chapter, but it is one of my favorite chapters because it's about one of my favorite people, my, you know, my, my mom. I mean, it's just, you know, of course, just everything about her because some parts I was writing the story and I was smiling just the way that I'm smiling now because I could just remember so much, you know, uh, of things coming back to me. And then some places I'm just like the emotion would kick up and I just had to go lay down, you know, just ball up in the bed for an hour or two and let myself collect or get out, go ride in my car for an hour or two and, you know, enjoy some type of scenery, things that I like because I love water. Uh, I just little things that I like that people just may not even know, but I would have to do that just to get my mind back in the safe place and the balanced place rather. That's good. That's good. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the chapter. And when I had originally talked to you and you talked about um, some of the topics that you really were not interested in putting in the book because yeah. you knew what they would require of you. Yeah. And I was so grateful once I read the chapter, I was like, there's no way that she couldn't have put this in here. 
Like, so I, I just believe. And so even when I think about the season that I'm in, um, just this past week, um, I didn't lose anyone personally, but two of my really close girlfriends lost their moms on yeah. last week. And I told you that I got to go to be with one of them on Friday to yeah. her service and everything. And I was just delighted to just be present, to just, you know, let her know that she was supported, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I, I still have my mom, but my mother's mother passed away in my care. And so, um, I mean, my grandmother was a mother type to me. And so me being the firstborn grandchild, me and my grandmother, we had a different kind of relationship, but my grandmother had a different relationship with all her grandkids. (laughs) So, um, but when I thought about everything that people are experiencing. On Thursday, um, I learned that a really good friend of mine, aunt, who I had been praying for and, you know, just trying to encourage her through her aunt passed. And then the, the, um, the lady um, that um, I am a co-author with that did the, um, that set up the program for the promise devotional Mm -hmm. her mother passed Mm -hmm. on thursday so it's been a week and every time it's like everywhere i look like i'm almost just ready to turn my cell phone off and not connect to social media because there's so much loss so when you are talking about what is relevant and what do i leave over there because Mm -hmm. i don't know that i can carry this thing I don't know that I'm going to be able to get through the emotion of all that is encompassed in this Mm -hmm. so what I will say to you is thank you thank you so much for taking your reader through the step-by-step of your experience because I think that you did something that not a whole lot of people do. Again, you were vulnerable and you did give the the real about how these things really affected not just you, but your family, Mm -hmm. the support of your community and how your friends, you know, came around you and helped you. And we all need that. Mm -hmm. So Nobody can escape this. Nobody can escape this book. <laughs> me railing disappointment. Y'all got to get the book. Y'all hear me? Like for real, you got to get the book. So, so April, another, um, another biggie, if you will, yeah. that I'm going to call it, um, that you talked about in the book. I think the book have like 14 chapters, is it? Uh, I think it's 17. I think it's, yeah, I think it's 17. Yeah. Okay. So Mm -hmm. you, you have like 17 chapters. Um, and, um, I was just like, this is getting gooder and gooder. (laughs) 
Love that word. Love, I love that word. I know, right? <laughs> I love it. Oh. Always safe to use that word around me. I love that word. <laughs> Look, I love it too. I don't even know if it's in the dictionary, but... It's it's okay. We we make up words every day, so it's all good. (laughs) It it just got better with time in reality. And one of the things that you talked about, and I think that the world around us could be so insensitive about is the, the woman who never married or had children. And the world would like to say, hmm, well, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Why does anything have to be wrong with me? Because I'm not willing to settle because I want to do it God's way. I want to be in order, you know? And so I believe that the world is so accustomed to doing things its own way that it's like, it's a whole nother system out here. Have it your way like Burger King. And it's like, now, because you're going to have to deal with some hurts. You're going to have to deal with some disappointments that maybe you did not have to deal with had you been patient, had you waited on God. And it's a lot of them, including me. I did it out of order. And I still had to go through some things because of not doing it God's way. We cannot ask for God's blessing on our stuff when it is not according to his will. So- Anyway, I'm not here to preach, not today. (laughs) It's okay. It's some good stuff, though. It's some good stuff. It's okay. It's okay. Right. But I just want to say to you, so when when you decided to share this story, what did you want your reader to take away? When I talked about, yeah, that was a hard chapter, just talking about my desire because it's still a current desire. So I'm living in it. You know, the thing about my mom, I mean, I went through that. (laughs) The one about the marriage, this is a current state of being. Yeah. I wanted to put that in the book because I know from personal experience that there are a lot of women, you know, my age, a decade under me, a decade over me that have a desire um, to still be married and they've never been married before. So I know that from conversations that I've had, again, as a leader in my church, the prayer requests that yeah. come in, uh, the prayer requests from single women seem to come. I think there's a sign over my head that says, you, she can pray for you, you know, if you're looking for a husband. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that's what they see out there in the audience when I'm standing up in at the altar waiting for people to come up for prayer. But I wanted to put this out there because I didn't want them, number one, to feel the shame yeah. that I have felt every time I've been vulnerable and mentioned it to someone. And honestly, it's it's mostly been people maybe that's you know, believe the way that I believe and, you know, in church and they may not have been another leader or they may have been, but I honestly feel like that at points I've been shamed for wanting something, uh, for wanting a husband and wanting to be in an institution that God has created. And at first, when it happened to me the first couple of times, it's almost like, um, 
you know, if you, I grew up in the country. And so when there were wild dogs, you know, we throw things to hit them and they would, you know, shy away and they, they'd run away. You know what I'm saying? And you kind of do that like a scald, a scalding animal. You'd like, oh, oh, okay. You know, cause people would respond in ways that were um, either they, they, uh, <laughs> the, the damnation voice of, you just need to wait on God. You just, you know, and, and like all in your face and you're just like, uh, uh, I mean, I'm just asking for a prayer request. <laughs> you, I can't even get my thoughts together because I've been reprimanded for asking for a prayer request. <laughs> right. So either they come out that way or it would be the other way of where they try to talk you out of what you want. And generally when I get something like that, that is from someone that's been in a bad relationship mm-hmm. immediately. You know, at first I didn't get it, but then after it happened a couple of times, I said, God, I don't, I don't think they're healed. I think that they have open wounds because it's coming out kind of like fire, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and usually when that happens, if someone is just trying to talk me out of what I, what I desire, it is generally because I feel like they just haven't been healed. So they're, so-called protective way is don't do it. Don't, you know, don't, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, so God, first of all, I'm not mentioning this to anyone else (laughs) unless I feel I'm in a place where they can be totally receptive and they can let me handle my feelings because I honestly have been praying for a husband since I was 23. Wow. This is decades. This is decades later. So while they're coming at me with fire, they don't even know the background. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? They don't even know the background of, I didn't just start praying for a husband last year. Right. Just didn't wake up this morning and say, oh, I want a husband. No, it didn't happen like that. I have been praying since I was 23 and it has not changed. I don't care how many people break up. I don't care how many bad relationships I see. This is what I desire, which is an institution brought together and and made by God. We as humans, we have come in it and we've done our own thing and we've made it not what it should be. (laughs) We as humans have done that, but it is instituted by God. And I was reading something actually just the other day that I really wanted to run around my uh, house after I read it because God so much loves the institution of marriage that he opened up the Bible with it and he closed it with it. That was powerful when I realized that. His His whole essence of our being here and connecting with us opens with the marriage, closes with the marriage. And when I saw that, I said, okay, I know I'm not crazy. I know I'm not crazy. <laughs> but you know, people will make you feel like, well, you know, maybe you just, and I'm like, no, because it's a, it's a God desire. And I, I do, uh, you know, I have some friends uh, that when we talk about this, sometimes we say how, even in the body of Christ, how people will do those things that I've mentioned, uh, make you try to feel bad, make you try to change your mind. Mm-hmm. But then if I was uh, married and I wanted a baby, people would respond differently, you know, 
they just about call a whole fast at the church just so that I could have a baby. Well, how about newsflash? I would like one of those too. Right. <laughs> Saying the way that God has so designed, there are other ways I can do it. Right. I'm completely aware of that. But the way that God has designed for me to do it is to connect with my husband and then begin with my family. That's the way that he has designed it. It's the way that I've always wanted to honor. There have been a million ways I could have done it in different ways. But in my relationship with him, what I desire to honor is the way that he established it. So I am grateful to have, um, you know, one, one friend just pops in mind just completely how sometimes, you know, we would go to lunch and she would just let me do what I needed to do in that moment when it came to my desires not being met with the marriage. Um, and she would just say, no, I, she would tell me, and it was so wise. She said, I have to let you grieve. She said, because really it's a grieving space. It is. You know, but the, the first time she did that, I think I was, a you know, uh, a little over 40. And then the next time we did it, I probably was mid forties. And then, you know, just about every five years or so. And, but she would just say, no, I have to let you grieve that space. If I don't let you grieve that space, then it, it will turn into something that's not healthy. So if you need to cry, I need to let you cry. If you need to tell me how angry you are, she said, I'm just here to listen. And that honestly has been how I've walked through it. That That is really, you know, you've got the grace of God, but how I've walked through it sanely and can kind of smile about it, you know, is because she came into my life and opened up those spaces. She's married and four children. So, you know, Beautiful, beautiful. I'm just, I'm grateful for the, the safety that you have in your community. Not yeah. everyone has what you have. And so that's why these reads are so important. Yeah, That's why yeah. the podcast is so important because these are stories of people triumphing over yeah. the disappointments, the challenges that we face in life. And people get to come on here and talk about how they didn't stay in the disappointment. Right. You talked about the lessons that you learned in the disappointment. And right. most people um, that come on here and share their story, it is about them getting past the pain, past the yeah. wounds, past the hurt, past yeah. the disappointment, getting past those things so that you can see that God is still in it and he yes. still has a plan. Yes. So yes. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for your vulnerability. Thank you for saying yes to God as it relates to your assignment of the book, Derailing Disappointment. Yeah. Um, and I, I any last words? Is there anything that you would like to say? specifically to the audience of Navigating Life with Coach Lowe that you would just like to leave with their hearts, their minds? Yeah. 
Uh, I think that if there's anything that I can offer, um, definitely read the book. Uh, I think uh, Coach Lo was so on point when she said, no one can escape some of these places. And uh, the my friend that wrote the foreword, she had a, a, a quote in what her what she wrote that I thought was so powerful. She said, honestly, it doesn't matter if you're red, black, white, green, it doesn't matter your race, it doesn't matter male, female, it doesn't matter young boy, young girl, you know, because I think that once they hit the teenage years, they're going to be able to connect with some of the things that I'm talking about. Yeah. She said, we all have encountered disappointment, which is true. And what I hope in this book is that, you know, you can locate yourself. You can locate that I've, I've come to your street, knocked on your door, basically to give you some support in what you're reading. I did not come to shame. I did not come to make you feel bad. I came to let you know, hey, I made it. You can do this. And that's really what I want people to, to get, like as they're reading this book to know whatever despondent place that is because life my goodness it offers so much despondency but it, it really is our attitude um, that will determine um, the altitude how high we fly above it how long we stay in it and I, it's what I've tried to take away and what I hope that I, I conveyed in every story that was told to you what I hope that you could walk away with saying, you know what? Okay, this 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 happened to her, and you know this is these are some of the things that she did. There's some of the things you may be able to replicate, some of the things you may not. But hopefully, it will let you know that there is a way out. You do have choices because sometimes despondency makes us feel like we don't have choices, but we have choices. And I, I really want you to make the best choice in the middle of all the bad choices. <laughs> yeah. Really, I do. But I'm hoping that it will really bring uh, some empowerment on choices that we make when we get there, because we're going to make mistakes. We're just not going to get it right all the time. I, I, I clearly see that in some of these stories, some of the things I paved the way into it, some of the things, you know, just was just life. I couldn't control it. And some of the things people came at me with ill intentions. We can't escape any of it in the life that we live. So I'm hoping that it's going to be a blessing to just help us when we're there, when at wherever, at what time, no matter what's going on, that it will be a blessing to us to just pull out this book and read and discover that, yes, I, there's another choice. I just need to dig into what are my choices. Awesome, awesome, awesome. People, people, people. This book tells us that we can win despite our disappointment. I think April did a phenomenal job of sharing clearly that life will happen and we can still win. Mm -hmm. So um, again, April, thank you. One more thing. Will yeah. you let the audience know where they can purchase the book? Yes. Um, there's two different places. I mean, if you want to support the small business owner, you can go to my website, aprilpacker.com, real simple, my name.com. 
as one big word. So you can go there and you can purchase the book there on the website. And of course, it's on Amazon. And, uh, you know, for those of us that want that 24 hour to 48 hour turnaround time, uh, it'll be a little, I'm just going to do standard shipping on mine from my website. But, you know, like I said, those are the two choices. It's out there. And it's also for those who like um, the Kindle reading, it is on Kindle too. Because some people like, I just have to have a book. I like the smell of them. I just, <laughs> I don't, I, the, the electronic reading is, is a bit much. I'm, I'm grateful for it, but all these books behind me is because I like books. <laughs> right. I like books. I like flipping the pages. I like marking them up. So yeah, but yeah, you can get it on my website or you can definitely get it off of Amazon. So Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. So you've heard it, aprilpacker.com. That's A-P-R-I-L-P-A-C-K-A-R-E-D. Uh-uh, E-R. E-R. Okay, P-A-C-K-E-R.com. Yeah. Aprilpacker.com. Yeah. I don't know why I thought it was Packard. <laughs> A lot of people do, and I, I tell people because they never forget, think <laughs> Green Bay, no S. Okay. When I, when I say that in Texas, people go, I'll never forget it. <laughs> okay. When you say think Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to think Green Bay. No, they, no, no, they no. They're cowboy fans. So, <laughs> so, but they never forget my last name. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Good job. Yeah. So we're going to aprilpacker.com or we are going to Amazon where you can download the book on Kindle, or you can purchase the physical book as well there. Like April mentioned, the turnaround time is different, but I want to encourage you guys to support the small business. Yes. Aprilpacker.com. So uh, I want to say thank you so much, April, for being my guest today. Yeah. It has been a total delight to talk about um, derailing disappointment and how God has transformed your life and your desire to see other lives be transformed because of you sharing your stories yeah. of triumph. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for thank being, you. you are most welcome. Love. <laughs> you are welcome, but we are going to say good night to our podcast audience Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you enjoyed April. I hope you enjoyed her story of uh, the process of writing, derailing disappointment. And I just look forward to your feedback. Um, make sure that you share with a friend um, and even go to April Packer on Facebook um, and like her on, um, on Facebook where, you know, she'll kind of keep you in tune with what's going on with the book. Mm -hmm. And when you get your book, take a picture and post it to Facebook mm -hmm. so that she can see that, mm -hmm. you know, she's getting the support. So thank you so much for being with us today. And I want to say thank you for joining us for another episode of Navigating Life with Coach Mel. Coach Flo, good night. <laughs> good night, April. Good night. <laughs>